Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So what'd you think of the watch event? I, <laughs> my feelings about the watch event are that the Series 7 watch looks lovely. I'm very excited about it. I think it is uh, really cool to have just I think it's, it, it just looks like a really nice update. I am overall like, I mean, I think there are aspects of it that visually I think, um, I could have gone like, it looks like, it just looks like a really big Apple watch, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but, um, you know, it's good. However, comma, <laughs> the fact that the series three watch is still there and that the SE is still there and they're both cost have this exactly the same price points is like a dagger in my heart as someone who wants to love Apple Watch development, who has spent the last, whatever it is, six six years, seven years, really spending a lot of time doing it, working on it. And it just like, that part of the presentation just like broke my heart and like totally took the wind out of a lot of the plans and things that I have around uh, Apple Watch development and the thing, you know, like things that I want to do with it because suddenly I'm just like, that Series 3 is going to be with me for the next two years at least. Um, so any ideas or plans or things that I had for designs or whatever it is, I'm always going to have this weird, it has to work on a screen that is like a t- tiny postage stamp um, compared to the 45 millimeter Series 7 watch. Like it is just shocking. Like I even sat down and just out of curiosity, I took a look at the different resolutions between the 38 millimeter Apple Watch and the new one and the, the 45 millimeter Series 7. And the resolution, so this, a, a series series three is two hundred and seventy two by three hundred and forty, and a forty five, and the series seven forty five millimeter is four hundred and eighty four by three hundred and ninety six. Which, if you multiply those together and get a sense of how many more pixels there are, there are twice as many pixels. <laughs> twice, <laughs> like it, it, you go from ninety two thousand pixels to one hundred and ninety one thousand pixels, like how can you have a design that works reasonably and well and fluidly between a two things that have is actually twice the size and they're different like one of them has rounded corners and the other one doesn't and it's just it just makes me sad and it made me really just it's like it's this weird combination of like upset and sad and it's like angry but i don't even know who i'm angry at necessarily i just have this general sense of like Argh. because the series three especially the 38 millimeter series three and i'm just going on a rant so just you know, Marco is just here to listen to this rant. So hope you enjoy. Like you've earned it. I've earned this rant. It's like the thing about the series three, especially the 38 millimeter series three is it still sells really well. Like based on my stats, when I look at, um, my stats for the Apple watch, the series three Apple watch, especially the 38 millimeter, which is the cheap one, right? That's the 199, uh, sort of get you in the app. It's just sort of the, I imagine it's the more giftable Apple watch versus the, you know, several hundred dollar ones that are, are, higher higher up still sells really well and is the second most popular apple watch by usage right now again my stats the series 6 apple watch wow. 44 millimeters is 13.4 percent of active use um, and this is the way i do my data here is that this is someone who has been wearing the apple watch um in the last 24 hours so in terms of the way that i collect my stats so it isn't that like they once had a watch and then they you know they had a th- series 3 and then they stopped wearing it it's like nope this is based on active usage so 13.4% of people, 44 millimeter Series 6. 13.1% of people, Series 3, 38 millimeters. And it's just like, so it's the second most popular model. Um, That's awful. Right now. 
And so you can't just ignore it. You can't just say, oh, I'm going to make this really awesome Apple Watch app and ignore if it's like the second most popular model is this really old, slow, tiny Apple Watch. Well, and I also don't think you're able to exclude it from compatibility if you're making a, a watch app. No. Is that right? I mean, not, not, in a, not from a technical perspective. Uh, right. I, like, yeah. Like you, can't, you can't say like, you know, oh, you, you can't check a box in iTunes Connect or an Xcode somewhere that says, you know, require the newer generation of watches. Yeah. No, exactly. Like you, it's, it's not there's some, I mean, I imagine if you, if you say, I think it might be te- theoretically possible that you could say that your app required a compass. And I think that would, <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Ex- would exclude the Series Three Apple Watch, but like traditionally, Apple frowns upon doing that when it's not actually true. Yeah, I mean, it's like obviously, if I'm making a Compass app, fair enough that it would exclude the Series Three. But uh, yeah, it just was. It was just one of those things that I was really hopeful that this would be like the obvious thing that I think everyone expected to happen. Um, or at least I, just, I don't know. I don't, in my heart of hearts, I thought that everyone was was good with, thought was going to happen. Is that this year what was going to happen? Is the Series Three was going to be discontinued and the SE would go down to that price point. So it would be one ninety nine is the you know is the iPhone SE forty millimeter, um, and that's where it would start and then go up from there. And it's like instead we didn't get it didn't get that at all. The Series Three is going to be there because the Series Three is still on sale, still going to be here through the end of the year at least. Probably through next year, that means that the next version of watchOS is going to have to support it because it's going to probably then be on sale at, you know, until next fall, and so then it's going to be probably another two or like two years that the Series Three is going to be sort of this thing hanging around our neck. Like, oh, and for, like from a for, you know, I, I think the the screen size uh, accommodation is probably the the hardest part of supporting this model, but also from, you know, from a like processor and Ram perspective and storage space perspective, it's very hard to support because it's a pretty old processor and it has very little Ram, way less than the current models and, uh, way less uh, storage space than the current models. And so you have, I mean, like even the ownership experience of owning a series three is terrible because like you have to like basically unload your watch to, to do a software update. Yes. Um, and they've, they've actually improved this a little bit in watch OS eight from what I hear, but like this is like it's so hard to be an owner of this watch because it's not only very slow by today's standards and doesn't support lots of things that the modern watches have like the entire modern family of watch faces color complications like there's so much stuff it doesn't support at all um but it's it's just so slow and there's no space and the hardest part of watch development uh, in my opinion and <laughs> let me know how this goes for you since and and you know to give you some you know some props here I maintain, I've said this before, but I maintain that you are most likely the person in the world who has done the most watchOS development, including people who work at Apple. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I think you... Certainly outside I, of it Apple. It would not surprise me. It, definitely outside. It would not surprise me if you spent more time making watchOS apps than anybody even, even inside of Apple. Um, and so... The, the main problem that I have when I make watchOS apps, uh, and I'm sure you've run into this a, a billion times more than I have, is the, the resource limits are so aggressive in order to preserve performance and power efficiency with such a small device, such a small power envelope. And so it's incredibly it, – it's a very harsh environment for your app to run in because it has to – be killed constantly in the background or crash or, or ha- have all these limits. Like, oh, you got to use only two seconds of CPU time and you can only update your complication, you know, X times per Y. Like it's so aggressive in its limits. And part of that aggression is because the Series 3 has such terrible hardware and it's still supported. So I, what I would hope this, you know, this is this is terrible that we have another year where there's literally no change in that low end lineup uh, for the watch. And that like, exactly as you said, like we all expected this year, series three goes away as he becomes 
199 or, or near that price point and and then this problem solves itself because the se is basically a series five um in, in in most ways so it's you know that that seemed like a good plan that seemed like it hasn't happened uh well that literally hasn't happened but it seemed like it probably won't happen until possibly next fall my hope is that apple will jump the gun on the software side and that next fall i hope they disc they don't they don't support the series three for watch os 9 even though what the series three will be on sale until watch os 9 comes out probably now they could also change this mid-year i think it's unlikely but they could they could in the middle of the year say all right uh maybe like maybe starting next spring you know the the price of the maybe the, maybe the series three goes away and then they do the price drop or maybe they do it in the summer who knows like they they could it's just unlikely because they haven't usually done stuff like that but I hope that watchOS 9, however they choose to do this, watchOS 9 should not support the Series 3. And then that'll give us a clean break. And then we can, once we can require watchOS 9, this problem goes away for both our apps and for Apple. Yeah, and I think the thing that makes me most frustrated is that I think what it does is it means that there is a, like there is a ceiling to how interesting an Apple Watch app can be, how sort of aggressive, how complicated... Um, and that ceiling is frustrating to me because I really enjoy making Apple watch apps. Like it's my favorite thing to do. I don't do it because I make a lot of money on that platform. I don't do it because like there's fame and fortune there. I do it because I enjoy it because I think it's fun. I think it's really cool to come up with ideas for things that you have, you know, attached to your wrist and are accessing so, you know, sort of fluidly throughout your day and it's an interesting design challenge to do something that's you know sort of on more on the small side rather than dealing with you know if you're designing an app for an iphone 13 pro max like you got all you got all the space you could ever need so you don't have to be clever you don't need to try and be thoughtful like you can get away with a lot more but it's like i enjoy it but it feels like there's this ceiling that's just stuck there because i mean either that or maybe this is something that i'm also starting to think about is this like when i design my apps should i have like two two versions of the app and it's like if you're running on a series three you get this just like super boring basic um version of whatever the the app is like say i was making a weather app it's like it has just like this basic very <laughs> I have made a weather app. I, I've, I've made many weather apps um, right <laughs> but just say, say one word to make a weather app again you know maybe they if they decided they wanted a new one like on the series three it's like it's just as simple as can be it works but is like and then if you're not on a series three, if you're you know running one of the, the in my mind like the modern the modern watches, so series four and up, um, like you get a totally different UI experience that takes advantage and looks really cool with the round the way the rounded corners work and the big you know sort of edge to edge screen and all of the thing and the you know big beefy processor, um, and in some ways like that's where I'm starting to head towards it mentally because I feel like the series three is always going to be there like. For, you know, and if I let that be an anchor that's holding back my ideas, um, like that just is depressing, and it'll probably mean I won't work on uh, work on those apps at all. And so instead, it's like this is weird thing, and I'm just like, yeah, you know, it's like on the Series Three, you just get like a text field, and that's fine. And it's like slightly, it's like low power mode on the watch, like it's like just have that be your Series Three UI, just like a simple like one line of text. <laughs> the weather app would just say it's hot, it's hot, it's cold. <laughs> Sorry, that's all I can do right now. <laughs> it's like that's the best i could do is just to give you this very basic ui and it's like because it's a bit it's frustrating it's like on 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 a nice on the modern iPhone, on the modern apple watches with the big screens with swift ui you can do some really cool dynamic interactive like awesome ui stuff and the, i have all these ideas for things that i want to build there that just don't work if i need to also 
uh, dial it down and have it look reasonable and you know fit like you just can't fit very much text on a screen and on a series three like it is just a impossibly small screen for showing any amount of anything um, especially once you take into account the fact that it's you know it's you you have even the resolution of the screen isn't the space you have to work with because you have a status bar at the bottom and if you have a page you get rid of the bottom as well and um, so it's just. It's, a, it's it's just a, a, a sort of a tricky place to be as someone who just enjoys this and wants to to do it because like every day they're continuing to sell a lot of series threes um, and especially that like I said that the, the, that low end and it's just going to be sitting there and in some ways I think that's like and it's weird because the other thing that I was thinking about with the Apple Watch recently is this, I do want obviously the Apple Watch is not a, sort of a an app platform first and foremost I would say. I would say it is a data collection and dashboard app uh, or platform first and foremost. That it's doing a bunch of stuff in the background. That is collecting information about you um, for your as opposed to like being interactive. Yeah, exactly. That it's like it is collecting data, and that data is most is best viewed somewhere else. Um, and that all that it can provide on the front is a thin veneer. Like in a, a series three Apple Watch is a great device for that, and in some ways. What I wish is that Apple made a device that was like, it's almost like the Series 3, but really leaning into what makes it a Series 3. Like if the Series 3 Apple Watch didn't support third-party apps or apps really at all, and it was just a really straightforward, like more of a Fitbit, like a device like th- that existed for the primary purpose of basic metric display, but primarily data collection, like that would be cool. That would be interesting. And as a consumer, I would enjoy if that device existed. And it's just frustrating that that device in some ways is turning into the Series 3 Apple Watch, which has different expectations uh, placed on it as a user. Um, but, and it's like, on the other end, I also think of like, so that, like that's a device that I could imagine that's like, that, or I could imagine a device that um, I would love to have an Apple Watch that had crazy long battery life and was focused on different activities. It's like you think, like I was recently doing some some research into hiking watches, and you have an you have these devices that have you know they can record hundreds of hours of continuous um, outdoor w- walking with GPS tracking, and it's like hundreds of hours, like a hundred hour hike, or you know if you went out and did an, like an ultra marathon, you could record the entire thing on one charge, and it's like that's because it's a device special purpose for that, and it's like those devices sound really interesting as like sort of the lower end, not the big Cadillac Apple Watch that can do all the stuff and has all the sensors and has this giant gorgeous screen that goes edge to edge and super, you know, nice powerful processor and can do cellular and all those things. Like that feels like a really interesting device, but having this series three be the baseline, like it isn't, it doesn't either, it doesn't benefit from either of those. It's just old and slow and small. And that's depressing. Yeah. I, I really hope this is the last hurrah of this watch. And I, again, I really hope that no matter what, you know, a few people might complain about, I hope they do not support this device with watch OS nine. Cause that, ugh, that's at least one way they could kind of long-term make up for what just happened. <laughs> anyway, on, in happier news, we're going to go to the iPhone in a second, but we are brought to you this time by tower. Tower is a powerful Git client app. It makes working with Git so much easier. So tower has all sorts of great features 
some of which are that you can undo pretty much any Git action by hitting Command-Z or undo in the menu, just like any other app. You can use Git with confidence. You can always go back in time. Tower also increases your productivity by enabling you to quickly perform many common tasks via drag-and-drop, from simple actions like merges and pulls to more complex commands like rebasing. And as Git is all about collaboration, Tower also brings your pull requests straight to your Mac. You can create, merge, close, or even comment on a pull request without ever leaving the app, no matter if you use GitHub, GitLab, or Bitbucket. I personally use Tower for my Git client on my Macs. And I've used them for long before they ever sponsor anything of mine because they're, they're just, I tried it and it's the best. And I, I usually use command line apps for, like, I don't use any graphical apps for things like mysql or like running server stuff uh i run like you know the local php and and nginx and everything i do everything via the command line with all those things git i use tower for because it's git is you know i can use the command line i used it for years before i discovered tower but tower just saves me so much time it's so much nicer and it's easier to see things like diffs and history and everything i just i love tower it's so great so go to git-tower.com that's git-tower.com download a 30-day free trial and use coupon code radar50 to get a 50 percent discount for new users that's git-tower.com and code radar50 for a 50 percent discount our thanks to tower for the support of this show and relay fm so in happier news iphones came out and while they look pretty good it seems like they've left us relatively little work we need to do, which is great. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, I saw this. I had the same thought. I was like, oh, it's there's nothing really that I need to do. Like, yeah. The safe area inset on top changed very slightly because the notch got like one pixel taller, but it, but also got narrower. But I think for most of our apps, that's not going to make a difference. Um, it, like I ran mine in, in the simulators before I submitted it and it, it looks basically the same. Like nothing looked noticeably wrong or different. Um, and so... It seems like you know there was a late-breaking rumor in the last couple of weeks that the iPhone, at least the Pro, was going to have an always-on screen, and there might be some kind of like widget uh, thing you could do to put your apps always on screen. And that, when I saw those rumors, I'm like, okay, a that it was exciting because I think that would be pretty cool. But b, I was thinking, oh no, now we're going to have work to do like yeah. at the last minute because <laughs> trying to trying to fit it all into this week, and. It turned out that didn't happen, uh, and so we basically – these phones with, like, nice upgrades in certain ways, but we basically have nothing to do as developers, and that's wonderful. There's no new sensors. There's kind of basically no new screen sizes. Uh, there's no new hardware capabilities as far as we can tell. Unless you, like, work on a camera app, then, you know, you probably have work to do every time. But otherwise, you know, for most of us, it, it seems like we kind of got this one off. Yeah, because I think ProMotion is the only vaguely developer – like a, a, sort of a, a, a feature that we need to worry about adoption with because you know now we have high high refresh displays on the on the iPhone but my experience with the, that ex, you know with developing for promotion on the iPad which has had that for years is that it, there's nothing really that we need to do about it unless you have very specific types of applications where it matters what the frame rate is but for most of us it's just handled by the system and it just works and there's nothing we need to do to update our apps to take advantage of it as far as i can tell like i certainly look forward to getting my you know iphone 13 pro and tr- playing with promotion and making sure there's no weird you know animation artifacts or things that i'm being are being exposed as a result of that but yeah otherwise it's a very nice quiet update year you know it, it doesn't have anything particular that we need to deal with like last cycle even you know like the pro, the like 12 pro max was this new kind of like very big screen um but you know now we've been dealing with that and we know how 
sort of our apps are adapted for it. So it's it's nice and quiet. And I mean, it's weird because in, in some ways it's like the iPhone and iOS both this year, I would say, were very quiet. Um, that there weren't I like it's the easiest summer I think I've had in in recent memory where there just wasn't much to do. There was like little things I can do to take advantage of stuff or, you know, little adaptations I need to do. But um, certainly on the on the iPhone side of things, it's just it was a nice quiet year, which you know is certainly welcome. I, they don't all need to be um, these crazy overwhelming week, summers that um, I'm having to burn the candle at both ends to get everything done. It's like instead this year it's just like, yeah, it's, you know, it's about the same. A little minor tweaks here and there and then we can just kind of move on, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, if anything, I would say that's actually true for almost everything they announced so far. Like, you know, def- I mean, maybe, you know, the iPad mini being, you know, the new screen design all of a sudden might change certain things for iPad app, uh, you know, physics and dimensions and stuff. But I, it's probably the similar, I haven't even looked, it's probably a similar resolution that they've already offered before. Um, certainly it would be within range, so that shouldn't cause much. Um, and even on the watch side, you know, besides the Series 3 drama, um, you know, the Series 7, doesn't add any new sensors. <laughs> it does add new screen sizes, but they're larger. And, and typically going up in screen size is much easier to support than, than trying to scale something down. Um, so, and as far as I could tell, like I, I use mostly um, like PDF uh, assets for my complication images on the watch. And I have the auto scaling box checked. So I just have like one PDF that I've exported. I actually use Paint Code, the app, yeah. to export PDFs of everything. So that way I don't have to deal with like, okay, this one has to be two pixels wider than this one for, you know, for the bigger watch. Like, I don't deal with any of that. And so I just built the app with the new SDK and ran it in the simulators for the Series 7. And everything worked. Like, it, all the images scaled up just fine. Um, even most of my in-app icons, I use um, SF symbols. So it's like on the watch. So it was fine. It was It was a totally easy like all right build with the new sdk test it out in the simulators and everything just kind of looked fine and worked <laughs> so i think you know we we um i think we, we kind of have an off year here again which is kind of largely echoing ios 15 as a whole like this this whole series you know whether it's due to you know, covid or apple's you know work at home situation or whether it's due to parts shortages in the supply chain or whatever um the result is we've had a pretty quiet summer with like stuff we have to do. And that's great. Like I just submitted an update to overcast that basically is the iOS 14 update. <laughs> I now have like the new CarPlay uh, UI. I have widget support in there. Like, and I, I'm basically doing all the stuff I should have been doing last summer. I'm just catching up on it now. Um, and that's, that looks like that's going to continue for, for most iOS and watch developers, uh, which is good. Cause we still have to support the stupid series. three. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, and I think it's funny. I was still thinking about the uh, the new the new iPad Mini, which looks amazing. I've got to say, like, I think it's a really in- intriguing device. And um, I haven't ordered one yet because I want to like actually go to an Apple store and hold it in my hands because I have this weird feeling that it's going to be in. It's like I don't know yet if it's going to be either an amazing size or if it's just in the weird awkward middle ground where it's almost feels like it's the same size as like a 13 Pro Max, like like the pro max versus the mini i feel like are getting awfully close to each other and so it's like is it going to be it's actually like half the size the pro max is like half the size of the, of the people people have already done the comparison okay. <laughs> it just like it looks like like people are they show i mean i don't know if the, their hand models are just like giants but it looks like people are just like holding it holding the, the ipad mini in their hands but i don't know it's i've been very intrigued by it as a device but it's uh I'm not super. I'm not super worried about adapting uh, my UIs to it because if you have an app, if you if you have an app that looks good on the Pro Max and works works as an iPad app, then it's like it should sort of be kind of fluidly in, in between the two there because for for a smaller iPad device, so I'm less worried about it. 
Oh, the only thing I was going to think of, it's like, it's been a quiet year, you were saying this. And it's like, I usually try and be very positive. I try and be very uplifting. But I will say, for a year that's so quiet in terms of actual changes in the development to, like platform, I'm so confused as to why the developer tools feel like they took a step back this year. Like, we got the, we just got the, the gold master Xcode for Xcode 13. And it's just like, weirdly broken in lots of strange ways. Xcode is it, the whole month of August, and like it's it was broken for the whole month. And we, we the last build we got before the the RC build was August tenth. Yeah, it's like I don't know what's happening there, and hopefully it's just one of these weird just timing things. And like the next, you know, like the next point one release of Xcode will fix things. But there's all I, I never like the feeling where I have to like run weird like user defaults things at the terminal to fix my developer tools or go into like the scheme editor and turn off something that like some weird setting so that it, I, it, I don't get just constant you know instant crashes anytime i try and build and run on the simulator like i don't know what happened it just seems very strange that the developer tools seem in a weird place right now and hopefully it's just a transient thing but i did certainly it's like it was a strange thing for a it's like it's a i'm glad honestly that i didn't have a lot of uh iOS 15 work that I had to do this summer because I've actually done most of my work on iOS. Uh, like it's weird to say, but I'm doing my iOS 15 work, but on the iOS 14 SDK and just using the tools there as best I can, and just like commenting out lines. And because of the way Swift UI works, I can do a lot of things. If I'm doing backwards compatible, I can kind of do some of the work to adapt to the new stuff, but just using the old tools. Um, and yeah, it's a weird place to be. And so I hope that gets resolved too. It's like, at least that feels like a problem that will actually get resolved um, in a timely way versus the, obviously the series three problems is, is not going away anytime soon. But that was certainly something else that I was all excited with. Yeah, we've had this last beta for over a month um, of Xcode. And it's like, oh, they're just holding stuff back for the gold master. And then once the gold master comes out, everything will be smooth sailing and it is not smooth sailing yet. So hopefully that smooth sailing will come at some point soon. Yeah, it was kind of funny that like the, the the theory was they were holding it back because they didn't want to you know unveil things that might reveal new hardware features of all the new devices that were coming. Sure, <laughs> and all the new devices come out with no new hardware features. Sure. <laughs> so I guess they would have. They, they, there was just it would have just been the Apple Watch screen sizes. I think would have been the thing that would have been uh, and the slightly different notch. But that's like those are pretty minor things that uh, doesn't seem like those should be fundamental to the compiler or the like the way that the simulator handles concurrency and these weird problems that uh, are happening as a result yeah so then i guess the the only other thing worth mentioning uh quickly i guess is that you know all the um, app store legal challenges and things that have been coming out uh you know, we had the epic judgment be issued in you know since our last episode. I believe the um, Japan Fair Trade Commission thing was also done since then, um, and it seems like a lot of that ground has been is is shifting now, and like we're far that's far from being over, uh, and this isn't hasn't even fully shaken out yet. We still you know there still could be appeals, and a lot of this stuff is still kind of hand wavy on what changes will actually take place and what the rules will actually become. Um, so this could very much change what you're able to do in your in your iOS apps as far as your business model um, or your payment system or whatever else. Uh, but it's probably best, I, I think, for us to just kind of wait and see on this because, again, it depends so much. Like, we don't really know what the future will hold, like what you'll actually be, be allowed to do. Will you also have to use in-app purchase? You know, wh- what will the rules actually be? W- will this weird 
quote reader app distinction hold forever and and or will it grow to include more categories it's such a weird thing so i think in that area it seems like there's there's both a lot to talk about but also like kind of not much for developers to really do about it yet yeah and i, and I think a weird way it reminds me of just as like the, the way that i go into a lot of events where you think about there's all these rumors that come out and all these possibilities and people say, oh, we were going to get a flat-sided Apple Watch or, oh, it was going to do this or this phone's going to do that. And you have all these, this, this sort of this universe that gets painted of possibility. And as soon as the event happens, all, like half of it just, dis- or 90, 90% of that sort of speculation and this wide, wide range of op- options just completely disappear. And you end up with the actual truth and with the actual reality of whatever that thing is. And you can like it or you cannot like it, but it becomes true. Um, and I feel like a lot of this App Store stuff is going in the same way, where there's this so much, there's this very wide sense of uncertainty about what's going to happen in the App Store, about what the rules are going to be, um, about what's going to be allowed, what's not going to be allowed, if it's going to be imposed by legislation or a lawsuit. Um, and all of that possibility is interesting, certainly to, to sort of speculate about. But the reality is, is like, I'm interested for when Apple actually changes their rules or when the things actually come into effect because that's when it will actually affect my business and that's when it will actually be a choice that I need to make. And until then, it's just speculation and I don't think it's actually very productive for me to get too wrapped around it because it's not, um, it, it, it doesn't exist. It's like, and I could start to think about it a little bit to be prepared, but for the most part, it's like, even, even with you know Ep- the, the injunction that comes out of the Epic suit, it's like, what does it mean? Who knows? It depends what Apple says it depends what apple um does after appeal or after epic's appeal and it's like it can go round and round and so it's like i'm not going to spend my sort of cognitive resources worrying about that yet i'll worry about it when it actually comes into existence becomes a real thing rather than just a rumor Uh, i want to worry about things i can actually take action on rather than not yeah, I think given the legally tricky status of a lot of that stuff, it's also probably best not to be a trailblazer in that yeah. area. Like, let other people go <laughs> first, and then you then you can see what's actually possible and what what actually flies. Exactly. Anyway, thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you in two weeks. Bye.